Chapter Thirty Six of Gunsight Pass How Oil Came to the Cattle Country and Brought a New West by William McLeod Rain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fighting Fire Sanders was in the office of the Jackpot Company looking over some blueprints when Joyce Crawford came in and inquired where her father was. He went out with Bob Hart to the oil field this morning, some trouble with the casing. Thought Dad wasn't giving any of his time to oil these days, she said. He told me you and Bob were running the company. Well, every once in a while he takes an interest. I prod him up to go out and look things over occasionally. He's president of the company, and I tell him he ought to know what's going on. So today he's out there. Oh, Miss Joyce, having learned what she had come in to find out, might reasonably have departed. She declined a chair. She said she must be going, yet she did not go. Her eyes appeared to study without seeing a field map on the desk. Dad told me something last night, Mr. Sanders. He said I might pass it on to you and Bob, though it isn't to go farther. It's about that ten thousand dollars he paid the bank when it called his loan. He got the money from Buck Byington. Buck! exclaimed the young man. He was thinking that the Buck he used to know never had ten dollars saved, let alone ten thousand. I know, she explained. That's it. The money wasn't his. He's executor or something for the children of his dead brother. This money had come in from the sale of a farm back in Iowa, and he was waiting for an order of the court for permission to invest it in a mortgage. When he heard Dad was so desperately hard up for cash, he let him have the money. He knew Dad would pay it back, but it seems what he did was against the law, even though Dad gave him his note and a chattel mortgage on some cattle which Buck wasn't to record. Now it has been straightened out. That's why Dad couldn't tell where he got the money. Buck would have been in trouble. I see. But now it's all right, Joyce continued the subject. There were teasing pinpoints of mischief in her eyes. My school physiology used to say that sleep was restful. It builds up worn-out tissue and all. One of these nights, when you can find time, give it a trial and see whether that's true. Dave laughed. The mother and this young woman would persistently out. I get plenty of sleep, Miss Joyce. Most people sleep too much. How much do you sleep? Sometimes more, sometimes less. I average six or seven hours, maybe. Maybe, she scoffed. Hard work doesn't hurt men, not when they're young and strong. I hear you're trying to work yourself to death, sir, the girl charged, smiling. Not so bad as that. He answered her smile with another, for no reason except that the world was a sunshiny one when he looked at this trim and dainty young woman. The work gets fascinating. A fellow likes to get things done. There's a satisfaction in turning out a full day and in feeling you get results. She nodded sagely in a brisk, businesslike way. I know, felt it myself, often, but we have to remember that there are other days and other people to lend a hand. None of us can do it all. Dad thinks you overdue. So he told me to ask you to supper for tomorrow night. Bob will be there, too. Say thanks, Miss Joyce, to your father and his daughter. Which means you'll be with us tomorrow? I'll be with you. But he was not. Even as he made the promise, a shadow darkened the door-sill, and Bob Hart stepped into the office. His first words were ominous, 
but before he spoke both of those looking at him knew he was the bearer of bad news there was in his boyish face an unwanted gravity fire in the chaparral dave and going strong sanders spoke one word where started in bear canyon but it's jumped out unto the hills the wind must be driving it down toward the jackpot yep like a scared rabbit crawford's trying to hold the mouth of the canyon he's got a man's job down there can't spare a soul to keep it from scooting over the hills dave rose i'll gather a bunch of men and ride right out on what side of the canyon is the fire running east side stop at the wells and get tools i gotta rustle dynamite and men be out soon as i can they spoke quietly quickly decisively as men of action do in a crisis joyce guessed the situation was a desperate one is dad in danger she asked hart answered no not now anyhow what can i do to help we'll have hundreds of men in the field probably if this fire has a real start dave told her we'll need food and coffee lots of it organize the women make meat sandwiches hundreds of them and send out to the jackpot dozens of coffee pots your job is to keep the workers well fed better send out bandages and salve in case some get burnt her eyes were shining i'll see to all that don't worry boys you fight this fire and we women will tend to feeding you dave nodded and strode out of the room during the fierce and dreadful days that followed one memory more than once came to him in the fury of the battle it was a slim straight girl looking at him the call to service stamped on her brave uplifted face sanders was on the road inside of twenty minutes a group of horsemen galloping at his heels at the jackpot locations the firefighters equipped themselves with shovels sacks axes and brush hooks the party still on horseback rode up to the mouth of bear canyon through the smoke the sun was blood-red the air was heavy and heated from the fire line crawford came to meet these new allies we're holding her here it's been nip and tuck once i thought sure she'd break through but we beat out the blaze i hadn't time to go look but i expect she's just a rarin over the hills i've had some teams and scrapers taken up there dave it's your job go to it the old cattleman showed that he had been through a fight his eyes were red and inflamed his face streaked with black one arm of his shirt half torn from the shoulder but he wore the grim look of a man who has just begun to set himself for a struggle the horsemen swung to the east and rode up to the mesa which lies between bear and cattle canyons it was impossible to get near bear since the imprisoned fury had burst from its walls and was sweeping the chaparral the line of fire was running along the level in an irregular ragged front red tongues leaping ahead with short furious rushes even before he could spend time to determine the extent of the fire dave selected his line of defense a ridge of rocky higher ground cutting across from one gulch to the other here he set teams to work scraping a fire-break while men assisted with shovels and brush-hooks to clear a wide path dave swung still farther east and rode along the edge of cattle canyon narrow and rock-lined the gorge was like a boiler flue to suck the flames down it from where he sat he saw it caging with inconceivable fury the earth rift seemed to be roofed with flame great billows of black smoke poured out laden with sparks and live coals carried by the wind it was plain at the first glance that the fire was bound to leap from the canyon to the brush-covered hills beyond 
His business now was to hold the ridge he had chosen and fight back the flames to keep them from pouring down upon the jackpot property. Later, the battle would have to be fought to hold the line at San Jacinto Canyon and the hills running down from it to the plains. The surface fire on the hills licked up the brush, mesquite, and young cedars with amazing rapidity. If his trail break was built in time, Dave meant to backfire above it. Steve Russell was one of his party. Sanders appointed him lieutenant and went over the ground with him to decide exactly where the clearing should run, after which he galloped back to the mouth of Bear. "'She's running wild on the hills and in Cattle Canyon,' Dave told Crawford. "'She'll sure jump cattle and reach San Jacinto. We've got to hold the mouth of cattle, build a trail between Bear and cattle, another between cattle and San Jacinto, cork her up in San Jacinto, and keep her from jumping to the hills beyond. "'Can we backfire, do you reckon?' not with the wind there is above unless we have check trails built first we need several hundred more men and we need them right away i never saw such a fire before well get your trail built bob ought to be out soon i'll put him over between cattle and san jacinto three four men can hold her here now i'll move my outfit over to the mouth of cattle the cattleman spoke crisply and decisively he had been fighting fire for six hours without a moment's rest swallowing smoke-filled air, enduring the blistering heat that poured steadily at them down the gorge. At least two of his men were lying down completely exhausted, but he contemplated another such desperate battle without turning a hair. All his days he had been a good fighter, and it never occurred to him to quit now. Sanders rode up as close to the west edge of Bear Canyon as he could endure. In two or three places the flames had jumped the wall and were trying to make headway in the scant underbrush of the rocky slope that led to a hogback surmounted by a bare rim rock running to the summit. This natural barrier would block the fire on the west, just as the burn-over area would protect the north. For the present, at least, the firefighters could confine their efforts to the south and east, where the spread of the blaze would involve the jackpot. A shift in the wind would change the situation, and if it came in time would probably save the oil property. Dave put his horse to a lope and rode back to the trench and trail his men were building. He found a shovel and joined them. From out of Cattle Canyon, bills of smoke rolled across the hill and settled into a black blanket above the men. This was acrid from the resinous pitch of the pines. The wind caught the dark pall, drove it low, and held it there till the workers could hardly breathe. The sun was under entire eclipse behind the smoke screen. The heat of the flames tortured Dave's face and hands, just as the smoke-filled air inflamed his nostrils and throat. Coals of fire pelted him from river of flame, carried by the strong breeze blowing down. From the canyons on either side of the workers came a steady roar of world of fire. Occasionally, at some slight shift of the wind, the smoke lifted and they could see the moving wall of the fire bearing down upon them, wedges of it far ahead of the main line. The movements of the workers became automatic. The teams had to be removed because the horses had become unmanageable under the torture of the heat. When anyone spoke, it was in a hoarse whisper because of a swollen larynx. Mechanically they dug, shoveled, grubbed, handkerchiefs over their faces to protect from the furnace glow. A deer with two fawns emerged from the smoke and flew past on the way to safety. Mice, snakes, rabbits, birds, and other desert denizens appeared in mad flight. 
they paid no attention whatever to their natural foe man the terror of the red monster at their heels wholly obsessed them the firebreak was from fifteen to twenty feet wide the men retreated back of it driven by the heat and fought with wet sacks to hold the enemy a flash of lightning was hurled against dave it was a red-hot limb of pine tossed out of the gorge by the stiff wind he flung it from him and tore the burning shirt from his chest an agony of pain shot through his shoulder seared for half a foot by the blazing branch he had no time to attend to the burn then the fire had leaped the check trail at a dozen points with his men he tried to smother the flames in the grass by using saddle blankets and gunny sacks as well as by shoveling sand upon it sometimes they cut down the smoldering brush and flung it back across the break into the inferno on the other side blinded and strangling from the smoke the firefighters would make short rushes into the clearer air swallow a breath or two of it and plunge once more into the line to do battle with the foe for hours the desperate battle went on dave lost count of time one after another of his men retreated to rest after a time they drifted back to help make the defense good against the plunging fire devil sanders alone refused to retire his parched eyebrows were half gone his clothes hung about him in shredded rags he was so exhausted that he could hardly wield a flail his legs dragged and his arms hung heavy but he would not give up even for an hour through the confused shifting darkness of the night he led his band silhouetted on the ridge like gnomes of the netherworld to attack after attack on the tireless creeping plunging flames that leaped the trench in a hundred desperate assaults that howled and hissed and roared like ravenous beasts of prey before the light of day broke he knew that he had won his men had made good the check trail that held back the fire in the terrain between bear and cattle canyons the fire, worn out and beaten, fell back for lack of fuel upon which to feed. Reinforcements came from town. Dave left the trail in charge of a deputy, and staggered down with his men to the camp that had been improvised below. He sat down with them and swallowed coffee and ate sandwiches. Steve Russell dressed his burn with salve and bandages sent out by Joyce. "'Me for the hay, Dave,' the cowpuncher said when he had finished." He stretched himself in a long, tired, luxurious lawn. I've rid out a blizzard and I've gathered cattle after a stampede till most thought I'd drop out of the saddle. But I give it to this here little fire. It's sure enough a stem winder. I'm beat. So long, partner. Russell went off to roll himself up in his blanket. Dave envied him, but he could not do the same. His responsibilities were not ended yet. He found his horse in the Bermudas, saddled, and rode over to the entrance to Cattle Canyon. Emerson Crawford was holding his ground, though barely holding it. He, too, was grimy, fire-black, and exhausted, but he was still fighting to throw back the fire that swept down the canyon at him. "'How are things up above?' he asked in a hoarse whisper. "'Good. We held the check line. Same here so far. It's been hell. Several of my boys fainted.' i'll take charge a while you go and get some sleep urged sanders the cattleman shook his head no see it through say son look who's here his thumb hitched toward his right shoulder dave looked down the line of black and grimy firefighters and his eye fell on shorty he was still wearing chaps but his chihuahua hat had succumbed long ago 
manifestly the man had been on the fighting line for some hours doesn't he know about the reward yes he was hiding in malapi when the call came for men says he's no quitter whatever else he is you bet he ain't he's worked too most men at this work soon as we get through he'll be on the dodge again i reckon unless applegate gets him first he's a good sport anyhow i'll say that for him i reckon i'm a bad citizen sir but i hope he makes his getaway before applegate shows up well he's one tough scalawag but i don't aim to give him away right now shorty's a whole lot better proposition than doug doble dave came back to the order of the day what do you want me to do now the cattleman looked him over you damaged much no burton the shoulder i see won't keep me from swinging a sack and bossing a gang wore out i reckon i feel fine since breakfast two cups of strong coffee again crawford's eyes travelled over his ally they saw a ragged red-eyed tramp face and hands and arms blackened with char and grimed with smoke outside he was such a specimen of humanity as the police would have arrested promptly on suspicion but the shrewd eyes of the cattleman saw more a spirit indomitable that would drive the weary tormented body till it dropped in its tracks a quality of leadership that was a trumpet call to the men who served with him a sole master of its infirmities his heart went out to the young fellow wherefore he grinned and gave him another job strong men today were at a premium with emerson crawford right over to see how bob's coming out we'll make it here sanders swung to the saddle and moved forward to the next fire front the one between cattle and san jacinto canyons hart himself was not there there had come a call for help from the man in charge of the gang trying to hold the fire in san jacinto he had answered that summons long before daybreak and had not yet returned the situation on the cattle san jacinto front was not encouraging the distance to be protected was nearly a mile part of the way was along a ridge fairly easy to defend but a good deal of it lay in lower land of timber and heavy brush dave rode along the front studying the contour of the country and the chance of defending it his judgment was that it could not be done with the men on hand he was not sure that the line could be held even with reinforcements but there was nothing for it but to try he sent a man to crawford urging him to get help to him as soon as possible then he took command of the crew already in the field rearranged the men so as to put the larger part of his force on the most dangerous locality and in default of a sack seized a spreading branch as a flail to beat out fire in the high grass close to san jacinto an hour later half a dozen straggling men reported for duty shorty was one of them the old man can't spare any more the rustler explained he had to hustle steve and his gang out of their blankets to go help bob hart they say hart's in a hell of a bad way the fire's jumped the trail check and is spreading over the country he's running another trail farther back it occurred to dave that if the wind changed suddenly and heightened it would sweep a backfire around him and cut off the retreat of his crew he sent a weary lad back to keep watch on it and report any change of direction in that vicinity after which he forgot all about chances of danger from the rear his hands and mind were more than busy trying to drive back the snarling ravenous beasts in front of him he might have found time to take other precautions if he had known that the exhausted boy sent to watch against a backfire had with the coming of night 
fallen asleep in a draw. End of chapter 36